my name is Peter. Uh, this is my wife, Eleanor. Um, we're really grateful to be here tonight. Um, so thanks for already tuning in. This is our first go around with our full um, testimony. So uh, <laughs> thank you. Shaky. Uh, yeah, a little shaky. So we just uh, recently celebrated eight years of marriage. Yeah, a lot of skins on the wall. Um, <laughs> but we celebrated last week and... Um, if you're a parent of young kids, you would probably understand this. We celebrated our anniversary by uh, our four-year-old screaming in his room, protesting, going to sleep. It was uh, super romantic. Um, and we're probably going to move on to uh, leading a parenting class after this because it's just really, uh, not really. We're still figuring that out. Um, so anyway, uh, Eleanor and I were born and raised in Dallas. Uh, we met in ninth grade as we both attended the same school. We immediately became friends, and we stayed friends throughout our high school years. We were actually boyfriend and girlfriend for two weeks in ninth grade. <laughs> the first time we ever talked on the phone was actually when Eleanor called to break up with me because I didn't call her enough. It was clearly a very serious relationship. We both grew up going to church and both accepted Jesus as our savior at, uh, at an early age. Young Life was a big part of both of our early walks. Um, and our leaders showed and taught us what a real relationship with Christ looked like. Going to Young Life Camp during high school and then volunteering at various camps during college were some of the most impactful experiences of our lives and greatly deepened our relationships with the Lord. Although Peter and I were at separate colleges, we began dating our junior year. After lots of ups and downs and moving back to Dallas, we got married four years later on May 2nd, 2009. The plan was to get married outside at the Arboretum, but instead Dallas had the biggest storm it had seen in years, and we ended up getting married inside on the dance floor. We found out afterwards that our wedding coordinator was seconds away from taking all the guests down to the basement due to a tornado warning. It was crazy and chaotic, and it didn't go as planned, but I remember feeling completely at peace before the wedding began. We were just so happy to be getting married. We both have pretty few memories of the first years of our marriage. We'll get to the why later, um, but we now think the Lord has blessed us with a fresh start, even with our memories. Some things we do know are that we had no idea how to effectively communicate with each other and that we didn't know what putting Jesus first really meant. We later found out and re-engaged that Eleanor was an escalator and I was a withdrawer. She came from a family that talked about everything, a family that would hash it out, maybe even use really harsh words with each other and then go back to normal the next minute. I came from a little bit different of a family that um, uh, was a family of three boys and uh, that didn't communicate a whole lot about serious things as boys uh, tend to do, but we kept pretty quiet about things that we were feeling, especially negative feelings. Over time, I learned that people would like me and I could avoid conflict if I just put on my easygoing self and not admit to any bad feelings. I also never really saw my, par my parents argue. Although I'm sure this was done out of love, it created expectations for me with Eleanor that were unrealistic. Any argument we had felt really huge and led me to believe I was a failure. And Eleanor couldn't understand why it was such a big deal to me when she unloaded all of her negative feelings. When I withdrew, she became more upset, and the more upset she became, the more I withdrew. It was a vicious, vicious cycle that we were not equipped to get out of. Soon after we got married, Peter and I joined a foundation group at Watermark. Um, we really desired to be known, to be held accountable, and to learn how to pursue Christ together as husband and wife. 
At the time, I prided myself on being open and honest, but looking back, I was really sharing only the struggles that were bad, but not that bad. I hid feelings and behaviors in order to give people the picture of me that I wanted them to see. Peter continued on his normal path of hiding hard emotions and acting for the most part like everything was okay. Surprisingly, as it turns out, this did not go well for us. As things got harder between us, I started doing whatever I could to stop feeling hurt. What Peter couldn't do for me, I decided I would do for myself. I resented him and prided myself on being the one who did everything. I forced myself in an unhealthy way to become so productive and self-sufficient that I no longer needed Peter and it felt good. I realize now that I was idolizing him and wanting him to fill me instead of Jesus. When that obviously didn't work, I felt hurt and fearful and questioned Peter's love for me. Looking back, I didn't let the Lord into this. I was more confident in my ability to fix things than in his. In the spring of 2012, after we'd been married three years, we decided that we should have a baby. A lot of our friends were trying and having fertility problems, so we thought we should get a head start on it. Really, Eleanor thought this, uh, and I was too afraid to tell her that I wasn't ready for a baby, and that actually I was questioning our marriage and even my faith at that time. My fear of disappointing people, especially Eleanor, was powerful and overwhelming, so much so that I allowed us to begin trying to have a baby, even when I knew that was the last thing we needed to do. We got pregnant after trying for just one month, and I was terrified, to say the least. But just as I always had, I put on my happy face and pretended to be whatever emotion I was supposed to be. I smiled and acted the part, but deep down I was hurting, completely lost, and afraid. Unreal, unwilling to really open up about it, this led to a progressively deeper place of isolation. In October of 2012, when Eleanor was near the middle of her pregnancy, I made a choice that would change our lives forever. I exchanged numbers with a girl in a bar that was giving me the attention and easy affection that my flesh had been craving. This spiraled into an affair that destroyed me for months. I was hiding the biggest, darkest secret from every single person in my life. My wife was pregnant with our first child and I was having an affair. I became extremely depressed but was still able to hide my sin. Our sweet son Walker was born on February 8, 2013. <laughs> When he was almost eight weeks old, Peter finally mustered up the courage to start sharing some of his feelings with me. As we sat on the couches in our living room, me holding Walker in my arms, Peter told me that he didn't think he loved me anymore. He said he didn't know what he wanted, but alluded to divorce without saying the word. I was crushed. I sobbed and held Walker tightly, feeling guilty that I had brought him into this mess. I now see God's immense grace in giving us this sweet, precious baby when he did. Being his mom kept me going when things were unbearable. He gave me joy that over and over again reminded me of God's love for me when I felt anything but loved. And as for Peter, Walker's life eventually gave him the motivation he needed to turn back to the Lord and beg for his heart to be broken. We never want to forget what a perfect, undeserved gift Walker was from the Lord. So a couple of weeks after this conversation, uh, knowing that I had only revealed a small part of the truth, I was at the end of my rope completely immersed in guilt from my sin. Eleanor was exhausted and overwhelmed, not only with having a newborn, but also with having a husband that was completely detached and depressed. By the grace of God, one of my best friends finally asked me point blank if I was having an affair, and I confessed to him. He told me it was time to come clean that night, and there was no other option. Ironically, we had planned to attend re-engage for the first time that evening. 
When I got home, Walker was already in his car seat, Eleanor was dressed and ready to go. I told her we probably shouldn't go to re-engage, we just needed to talk. After revealing the affair to her, she asked a few questions and then said, well, now we really need to go to re-engage. Get in the car. <laughs> almost, hope, uh, almost hoping that she would give up on me, I was shocked at her response to my confession and said okay. That first night at re-engage, when given the opportunity to rate our marriages, I gave us a soft two, while Eleanor gave us a negative four. We were in a terrible place. <laughs> Although at this point I had revealed my sin to Eleanor, my community group, and my close friends, my heart had not been broken. I was angry that I had to end my relationship and that this false sense of happiness had been taken away from me. I was also still wrestling with God about why he would even want me to, why he'd want me to be so unhappy and honestly about whether or not I actually believed in him. Looking back, I know this was because I felt unforgivable. I thought there was no way that God could still love me after what I had done, so I turned away from him. I was also convinced that Eleanor and everyone else in my life would and should be done with me. I felt so hopeless and unforgivable that I had thoughts of ending my life just to make things easier for everyone. <sighs> Even at my worst, though, Eleanor didn't give up on me. That's uh, amazing. She was hurt and sometimes angry, but she never stopped encouraging me to give our marriage a chance. <clears throat> I, was, I wasn't interested, but in order to appease everyone in my life, I kept going. There were two instances that I will never forget where God revealed himself to me. The first was a morning where I went to talk with a mentor, an old family friend who happened to work at our church, Watermark. He read, had me read Psalm 51 out loud, where David cries out to God, confessing an affair he had with Bathsheba, I was crying so hard I could barely read the words. The Lord used this morning to begin softening my heart and to remind me of his presence. He was still there and he still loved me even at my worst. The second instance was a meeting we had at our house with our community group. Eleanor left the room pretty soon after the meeting began because I was saying some pretty hurtful things. Um, she sat in another room and begged the Lord to break my heart. I later found out that multiple other people from my life we're praying that exact same prayer at that very same moment. The night ended with my community group sitting with me while I sobbed for what seemed like an hour. No one said anything. We all just sat there together as the Lord broke my heart and started bringing me back to him. This was the beginning of a long, hard journey of recovery for our family. The next three months of our lives were spent in crisis mode. There were so many ups and downs. Friends we chose to tell our story to became involved and loved us in ways that I never knew were possible. They fought hard for us and encouraged us. The Lord was so good to us in giving us tools to help us move forward. Re-engage and counseling were crucial in our healing, and the change that occurred in Peter as he began to trust the Lord, began to trust the Lord again and rely on him was honestly shocking to me. As 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if anyone's if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Because of this, he was able to be completely open with me in really hard ways and loved me consistently despite the emotional mess I had become in the months after the affair. He pointed me towards the Lord on a regular basis and constantly reassured me that he wasn't going anywhere. All of a sudden, the roles had reversed and I didn't have to be the strong one anymore. I could be messy and figure things out between me and the Lord, without feeling like I had to take care of Peter as well. God showed me over and over again that I can trust him and that it's through intimacy with him alone that true joy and satisfaction is found. 
I realized that Peter was never going to live up to the expectations that I always had for him, and that was okay. He let me down in the biggest way that I could have ever imagined, and it didn't ruin me. It actually strengthened me and was beginning to transform our marriage. I was fascinated that the Lord could turn such pain and what should have been destruction into such purpose. Our marriage now looks completely different than it did in the beginning. Through counseling and re-engage, I've learned how important it is for me to share my feelings with Eleanor, even really hard ones that make me anxious. The Lord has used this honesty to grow us closer together and trust each other so much more. The way Eleanor responded to me after coming clean about the affair was a perfect picture of the forgiveness and grace the Lord offers. It is such a blessing to no longer be afraid of being known. The way we communicate has changed so much as well. We trust each other's hearts and intentions so much that there's really no need to escalate or withdraw. And when we do slip back into old habits, we are much quicker to recognize it and ask the other for forgiveness. We are on the same team now. We don't hide things from each other, and we truly believe that the other wants the best for us. We also aim to be completely open with our community group about our sins and our struggles, knowing that hiding things only leads to more pain. All of this isn't to say we don't still struggle. We absolutely do. I still struggle with people-pleasing and finding my identity in the world, and Eleanor is in a battle with an eating disorder where she relapsed during a period of depression after the affair. But the difference now is how we respond to our struggles. It has been such a blessing to me to be able to support and love Eleanor through recovery from her eating disorder. Two and a half years ago, we made the decision for Eleanor to go to treatment in Denver for seven weeks. I was again reminded what complete trust and reliance on the Lord looks like, and on top of that, used that time to renew my confidence as a husband and as a father. For such a hard season, it was really awesome to see what the Lord did in both of our lives during that time. 1 Samuel 12, 24 says, But be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. We long for this verse to be the heart of our family. Most recently, we've had the privilege of serving in Merge, Watermark's premarital ministry, and have been able to see the fruit of being open about our struggles and our desperate need for Christ with the couples in our group. Seeing Peter unashamedly share our story makes me love and respect him even more. Our most recent blessing from the Lord is our precious baby girl, Mary Lou, who was born in August. My heart longed for another baby, but after the affair and then with my eating disorder, we honestly weren't sure whether, if, or when having another baby was wise. It took some time, but we eventually got to a place where we knew we were ready to add to our family. Just as Walker is a picture of God's grace and love for us, Mary Lou is a reminder of God's redemption and his power to overcome anything. So four years ago, this very week, we sat in this very room completely wrecked. By the grace of God, we sit here today, imperfect as ever, but as a couple who has been redeemed. We hope that if you take anything from our story, it would be that God loves you so much, and he will pursue you and give you the strength you need even in the toughest, toughest times. God absolutely can redeem your marriage if you let him, and we pray that you will. Thanks for letting us share your, our story with you. Thank you.